what it do, baby? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say yeah. You know, I'm trying. I'm trying to keep it upbeat, but it's, it's tough. That was a that was a brutal, brutal performance today. I got to be honest with you. But before I get into all that, let me let me introduce you and let me keep the vibes up because you know where we are. It's the time to Jets podcast, and I am of course your host. Big Zoo at ZooBeard77 on the Twitter machine. You can holler at me on there. Let me know your thoughts on the game today. I will look forward to uh, getting back to y'all on your, what you guys think and, uh, you know, what what do y'all think going forward? Like, this was, a, this was a brutal, brutal type of performance for this Jets team. And, ooh, yeah, I got to crack that open right now because it's one of those. It was one of those types of, I mean, I want to say days, but it was a morning. <laughs> so you got to sit there, wake up, Earlier than usual on a Sunday, so you can make sure you got your eggs and bacon, or maybe some French toast, some pancakes. I don't even know, man. I'm making myself hungry right now. Sheesh. But you got a little something, something there for yourself, and you watch that dud of a game. You watch the offense come out and, like, every other week look like. I mean, they might as well just not even run plays in the first quarter at this point. The time of possession for the year in the first quarter is under 15, which is pathetic. And the rate that it's going, they're going to... This defense, they're talking about, oh, the defense is tired, the defense is this and that. The defense is going to be dead at the end of the year if this offense keeps playing like this. Forget about worrying about Zach Wilson getting killed back there. I mean, Zach Wilson's got bigger problems than worrying about getting sacked right now. You know what I mean? Zach Wilson, (laughs) we'll get into Zach Wilson in a minute here. But just straight out the jump in this game, it felt like this was not just, this wasn't going to be the Jets' day. This was going to be a a pathetic performance, and it was going to come from all sides. Because once... And I'll tell you when the turning point, and this is the turning point of the entire game, in my opinion. As soon as Quincy Williams gets called for that rough in the passer on that first drive, on that third down, that would have they would have gotten that stop there. You force the Falcons to punt on that first drive. You get the ball. You keep that positivity going. I mean, you know, you do something there. Instead, the Falcons get a first down. What happens after that? Matt Ryan puts together a professional drive. The, uh, Matt Ryan, I got to give this man credit. He came out today. He went 33 of 45, 342 yards, two touchdowns with 109.7 QBR. That's what you want your quarterback to be, your franchise quarterback to be. And obviously, Matt Ryan is way further along in his career than Zach, than, uh, Zach Wilson is at this point in his. But... That's the kind of guy you want Zach to be, and Zach did not look like he could become that guy today. Zach looked completely lost. He was, I mean, he was missing open men. He was throwing the ball behind receivers. He was waiting for guys to get open and then throwing it while they were open instead of throwing it, anticipating their opening. He was... 
I mean, making the wrong reads in every which way you could. He was taken off in, in that first drive. He ran in a situation where he definitely should have passed the ball. You had Carter going across. You probably get the first down in that situation, or at least move the chains, or not move the chains, but get closer to the line to gain. But instead, you run it there. You gain a couple of yards. Not bad. You end up with, I think it was three yards on the play. So you're not in a terrible situation on third down. But now on third down, when you have a clear path to the first down, and not only the first down, but the sideline. So instead of being, instead of how you did it on first down, where you ran and you just decided to go shoulder to shoulder with a safety, you know, like a dumbass, you could have went, got the first, and went out of bounds. No. Zach decides to make this cockamamie throw which had no chance of being completed. I mean, let's let's be honest. As soon as you saw him winding up there, you knew this ball was not going to be caught by a receiver. You know, for me, for a multitude of reasons, you know, one of which is that the receivers are still dropping balls, but that's a very 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 small footnote today. Because Zach Wilson was the reason for these offensive struggles. He comes out and he just, he can't do it. He he doesn't have that fire in the beginning of games. And he doesn't gain that fire until games are over. Until the Jets are down 17 to nothing. Until the Jets are down 16 to nothing. Until the Jets are down 24 to zip. Every single time you see Zach Wilson start to come out and play a little bit better, it's when there is absolutely no pressure on him because these games are over. With the only exception being last week versus Tennessee, which felt like it was a big, massive turning point because he was coming out and doing something in a crunch time of a game where the game still mattered and the other team was playing. Instead, we see this week that that didn't mean anything. That was just something that happened. Let's be honest here. That was just something that happened. Because Zach Wilson had a terrible game today. And I will say it a million effing times on this podcast. And I want to curse so bad. I want to curse so bad right now. But I'm holding myself back. Because you got you got to be professional. You know what I mean? You got You got to be professional. You can't let yourself get a little too crazy. But... It was, it, it was just terrible. And I think the one play that can sum it up, or two plays almost in a row that can sum it up, they were both, they were back-to-back throws for Wilson. But when you're inside the 15-yard line and you've got an opportunity to get a first down here and you got Jameson Crowder, this is the first throw, and you underthrow him by about, I don't know, seven yards, and the ball literally has enough space to bounce all the way up into his hands. That's a pathetic job. That's pathetic. You're not even a quarterback. You're not even anything, man. It wasn't tipped. It wasn't nothing. You threw that ball, and it couldn't even make it 15 yards out. Think about that for a second. You couldn't throw that thing on a dart 15 yards out. You got to question yourself, bro. Like and and it's what it's Zach Wilson is a crazy anomaly because I don't know how many quarterbacks can go on the move and make the type of throws that he makes 
and then sit in the pocket and look like they should be playing Sunday pickup football over at your local park with a couple of guys with pastrami hanging out of their mouth and meatball sauce all over their stomachs. Zach Wilson, this was a... This was bad. This was worse than New England, this performance today. And it's not on the play calling, although, I mean, we got to talk about the coaching in a bit because they're not off the hook with this uh, in this loss. But it's about Wilson connecting on these throws and having the confidence to put the ball where it needs to be. He needs to have the confidence that guys are going to get open and you know what? If you th- if you throw a pick because you threw a ball to a place a receiver was supposed to be, people will be a little bit more receptive to it than when you throw a ball up for grabs and it's getting picked off, or when you bounce a ball to a receiver that's five feet away from you, or when you can't even hit a guy who's wide open on the sideline. Or you're just chucking the ball out of bounds after running around for 10 seconds when the game is coming to an end and you, you're you down by two scores. And you know what? At least make it interesting. No, instead you're going to run around for 10 seconds and then chuck the ball out of bounds. That's poor decision making. That's a mindlessness to the clock. That's a mindlessness to what the game is, where you are at any point in the game. When you come out in a game, you need to be firing. You can't be hesitant. This guy, multiple times, you could see him. He was going to make a throw, and then he stopped. Multiple times, he pulled back on these throws. And that's why you start to all of a sudden, ooh, release it early. Oh, release it a little late. That's why you're not hitting guys. You're overthrowing guys by 10 feet. You're underthrowing guys by 10 feet because you're trying to make passes too finesse or you're trying to put too much on them and you're not hitting that sweet spot. And today was a bad just unraveling of that for Zach Wilson. And then you know what? At the end of the game when nothing mattered anymore, he he put it all together and you saw why he's good. But that can't be anymore. You can't. You can't be that kind of quarterback and expect to have a long career in this league. If you can't play when teams are going after it and trying to win and and you have an opportunity to win, you can't do it then. You can only do it when there's no pressure. You're not going to survive. And I, I, I have the utmost belief that Zach Wilson, he just needs to get, he needs to be decisive and he needs to get the damn ball out of his hand. Now I kind of I I do get it and it, it is kind of on him because he's making himself overthink these throws. He's making himself overthink every little thing that is going on on the field. He needs to just let it rip. When he lets it rip, he is a good QB and he can play the position, but he's overthinking every single thing and he's making himself he's digging himself a hole right now that eventually, you know what? It doesn't matter anymore because you already have put on tape that you are an awful quarterback. And right now he is trending towards being an awful quarterback. I I had the highest of hopes last week coming off of that game. And like I said, I still have high hopes for Zach. But this was this was a step back to square one for him. And 
we're going to have to see what this bye week brings because he needs to take this time and he needs to figure out how it is that he's going to get the ball out quicker. Mike LaFleur needs to work with him and figure out how do we make sure that Zach Wilson is getting the ball out of his hand and he's in positions that he feels com- comfortable enough to get the ball out of his hand. It You can't have a guy run an offense if he can't run that offense. You need to tailor your offense to the guy that you have playing quarterback. And right now, this offense isn't tailored towards Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson, quite frankly, isn't good enough to run this offense. Not at this point in time. Not with his confidence levels at where they are. Not without having that fire in his belly when he comes out in the game. Not without having the balls to actually make some of these throws and do the thing, you know? Not just sit back and, okay, all right, oh, oh, no, I can't go, oh, oh, uh, all right, let me throw it there. You got to get that ball out. You got to just go. That's what playing the quarterback position is. That's why you get paid the money you get paid to play quarterback. You are in charge of everything, and the game goes through you. Zach Wilson right now is allowing the game to eat him up, and this has been the case for seven of ten halves this year, and that's being generous because I'm giving him the first half of that Tennessee game last week, which he wasn't great in again. And the first quarter of that game, also barely any time in possession. But we got to move on because if I keep talking about Zach Wilson, I might have a heart attack over here because I, it's just it's going through my head that this is going to be another wasted draft and that in five years we're going to look back at these Joe Douglas draft classes and we're going to speak about how, how much of busts they were. And you don't want to throw that word out there, but you look at both of these groups of uh, of guys, and we keep hearing you got to have patience, you got to have patience. But you look around the league, and you know what? There's a lot of patience going on going on around the league, and guys aren't looking this bad. I mean, Davis Mills doesn't look this bad in Houston. Mac Jones doesn't look this bad in New England. It's it's just, it's getting difficult. It's getting difficult right now. And you got to hope that this bye week is going to be a turning point for this coaching staff and hopefully for this team in general because there's a lot of things that need to be worked upon coming out of this and when they go up to Foxborough because, yeah, it, it ain't easy when they come out on the other side, guys. It's going to be another uh, another. Another fun Sunday for us, as I should say. But before they go up to Foxborough, I want to focus in on this game real quick from a defensive point of view. Because I feel offensively we kind of dove into the, the crux of it all. And it's that Zach Wilson is unable to really be the playmaker and signal caller of this offense right now. That's just plain and simple what it is. And... You got to hope that he, he finds the decision-making and the, the the ability to get the damn ball out quick. Because if he can't find that, then this is going to be what it looks like probably all year. Hopefully, they can do something this week to get him in the right direction 
in terms of confidence, in terms of getting the ball out. But defensively, today showed me one massive thing that's going to be pretty much the, the it's going to be the bane of our defense's existence for this entire season because I just don't think it's going to change just based on Robert Sala's history or maybe not Robert Sala's history but what that 49ers defense looked like and that's how far our corners and safeties are playing off the line of scrimmage and off of the man I mean the zones that we are playing have such soft bubbles you got you got corners that are sitting 15 yards back on third and 13s you know what I mean that you can't have that you need to have you need to be playing up in those situations you can't just be playing a man um, a two man deep like if you're playing Madden you can't you can't just play prevent that was baffling, and honestly, that was when I got the most irate outside of the beginning of the game that I was the entire game, was watching Kyle Pitts streak down the center of the field, and nobody even know that he was there, uh, which is absurd to me that he could get that wide open, a man like him, who, yes, he's mad, he's really quick, but he's a big-ass dude. It's hard to miss Kyle Pitts on the field, especially when he's jetting by your ass. Oh, but that, I I mean, I guess I'm wrong there. They did recognize him when he was flying by them to catch a nice 40-yard bomb to pretty much seal the game for the Falcons there at the end. But then, again, on that third and 13, when you have a a chance to stop them and hold them to a field goal, potentially, and you have a dude splitting your defenders to get himself a first down because one your corner and safety are playing so far back that this guy can catch the ball eight yards out and still run another four yards before he's even touched and then two and this was an issue all game long this team forgot how to tackle and i'm not sure what the hell happened there but dudes need to wrap the the, the dudes need to wrap up. I I can't see anybody flying in with just a, a rogue shoulder anymore. Wrap up. Stop sh- shoestring tackling. Finish tackles. Bring guys down. Stop with this lazy crap. It was, I mean, today, defensively, they might have done a lot better in the second half than the first. But regardless, they played terrible. They did not play very well. And the secondary, I must have put the jinx on them because they looked lost today. You had safeties who didn't know who the heck they were covering. You had corners who were sitting back and just letting guys get whatever they wanted in terms of, like, second and 15. You Every time you have a second and 15 versus the Jets defense, don't worry about it. You'll have third and less than 10, guaranteed. It's a guarantee. Because these corners are sitting so far back so that guys don't burn them or beat them on routes that they're giving all of these teams short, intermediate routes. And when you have a quarterback going up against you that's a veteran, that's an MVP, that's a top potentially 20 quarterback in the history of this league when it's all said and done, he's going to rip you to shreds. And Matt Ryan did exactly that today. 
he he made he made this Jets team look like a bunch of fools. He made the secondary look like a bunch of rookies, which they are, and very inexperienced, which they are. But this Jets secondary didn't help themselves, and Ulbrich had one two jobs today. Focus in on Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson. And we spoke about Kyle Pitts already getting boogie out there, scoring his first career touchdown, and just kind of looking like a boss. I mean, nine catches, 119 yards, and a touchdown for Pitts, so you didn't stop him at all. And then Patterson, seven catches, 60 yards, and then tack on top of that, 14 rushes for 54 yards. So all in all, Cordero Patterson had 114 yards, I apologize, from the line of scrimmage today. And eh, I said keep it under 100. They almost kept it to 100, and they eh, they kind of contained him. But when you give up 119 yards against Kyle Pitts and a touchdown, I mean, that's it right there. And then... They're on top of that. I mean, that's 179 yards of, of Matt Ryan's 342. So reality is he doubled what those two guys got with production from other receivers. So if you want to put the blame on not stopping those guys, you can. But they, they beat the Jets through the air often. And honestly, constantly. And it was cerebral and it was brutal to watch. And I mean, if you're Robert Sala and Jeff Ulbrich, you gotta go back and you gotta watch this tape and you gotta realize you need to take the you need to take the training wheels off of these rookies and it, and Bryce Hall. And you need to start letting these guys go because playing the way that they're playing right now with just sitting back and allowing all of these all of these catches in front of them that are going for seven and eight yards every single time, you're just putting yourself in terrible positions, especially when your defensive line is unable to get to the quarterback for one reason or another, whether it be Matt Ryan slipping through tackles or because Matt Ryan is getting the ball out like that. He ain't waiting. And that's the difference between where Matt Ryan is in his career and what Matt Ryan does as a quarterback and it's really not about a place that you go to in your career. It's about something that you have or you don't have. And right now, Zach Wilson doesn't have that ability to just come out and gun the ball and trust that, okay, my receiver's going to be there to get it because I put it in the right place for him. Zach Wilson doesn't have that. One reason or another, this team is in a bad place. And this secondary isn't going to get much better. And it's not going to get much, I mean, I shouldn't say they're not going to get much better. It's not going to get much easier for them going forward. You're going to keep playing guys that can put it on you. And if you're sitting back and letting vets go and get their five yards or six yards or eight yards and then bust a play here and bust a play there, you're going to lose a lot of games, you know, even if they are one score because your offense scores a couple of, late touchdowns when the other team's not really trying much. It doesn't really matter. And this defense, this defense didn't have a great game. They had a good half. They didn't have a great game. And whether that be because of that terrible, awful, 
awful passer roughing the passer call. Oh, my God. That was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, whatever. I can't even get into that right now because that's just too much. But you have that call happen, and then I think that just set the tone for this defense the rest of that half. Giving up 17 points, that's something they don't do. But they did it today. And, I mean, the second half was way more representative of them. Or uh, 20 points in the first half, I apologize. The second half was way more representative of this defense. Giving up seven points, playing hard nose, being quicker to the ball. But again, crunch time's there and they got to make a stop. They can't do it because they're playing soft zones where they have big pillows for these young corners so that they don't make mistakes. And you can't do that in crunch time. You have to have these guys step up. That's winning time. That's winning time. You can't have these guys in positions of just, okay, you know, we, we don't need to worry about, you know, you can't mess up bad here. No, because if they score a touchdown because you're giving them five yards, five yards, six yards, ten yards, five yards, three yards, five yards, they're still scoring touchdowns. You're not stopping anybody. And I don't, I don't even know what to say about that. It's something that Salah's going to have to change. And I just don't see it happening. And with rookie corners and unproven safeties, it's hard for me to believe that this defense is going to be able to uh, overcome these quick passes if their line can't get to the quarterback quick enough or at least put some pressure on him. And one more thing before I I get to some uh, Twitter comments here. And, uh, of course, you can always hit me up on the Twitter machine, at Zubeard77. Um, Denzel Mims, he didn't really do a ton out there because he didn't get a ton of time. He didn't get a lot of snaps. I uh, <laughs> I saw somebody say uh, I think he played about ten percent of the snaps today. If that's true. He had three targets, two catches, and thirty three yards. You got to get that guy in the damn game. I'm sorry, this is too many times that Denzel Mims is getting opportunities and he's performing. I don't know what the heck this coaching staff isn't seeing in him. I don't know what the heck is going on, man, but you need to get this guy some burn. You need to play him in the damn games and enough is enough. I don't want to see Jeff Smith on this damn roster next week. I don't want to see anybody. If I don't want there. I want Denzel Mims on this squad next week, and I want Denzel Mims playing over Elijah Moore next week. Elijah Moore is not an outside receiver. He is a slot guy, and he will take over Jamison Crowder's spot at the end of the year. But until then, Elijah Moore cannot be lining up on the outside. He just he can't play on the outside in the NFL. He's not that kind of player, and he's not that kind of player in this system. And you got to stop using him there. Denzel Mims is a guy who's doing some things out there and he's making plays. Put his ass out there. He gets open, which is something I, I don't know if there's... I don't know if there's any more than one receiver on this team that can get open. Let the kid play. You drafted him in the second round and I get you weren't here for that, but let the damn kid play. He's a second round pick and he's more than certain 
I'm more than certain that he's capable enough to play on this team right now and give Zach at least a respectable option to go to at certain points of the games. And you know what? I like him. Get him out there on the field. Enough's enough. He's showing you enough to play. Get it done. Get him out there. Use this bye week to build him in the offense and put some plays around him. Rant over. Time to go to the Twitterverse. First up here, I got Bruce Simon. Bruce Simon hit me with a flat and totally disappointing. Offense needs serious tune-up. Bruce, I, I can't agree with you more. Flat and totally disappointing. That's exactly how I would describe how this team comes out. They they have nothing when they come out of the gate, and this is now going on five games so far. You're talking about a solid chunk of the season, almost a third, and actually more than a third. I probably or yeah, about a third, and now you can see this team. I don't know what it is, and maybe it's a coaching staff. They're unprepared, and the offense especially just looks like they're lost when you're supposed to come out in a game knowing how a defense is supposed to be playing. You're supposed to have an idea of, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to attack this. Then this is going to work because you've been working all week. You've been working on plays all week for that first drive to go down the field and score and put some points on the board or at least have a positive drive and get a first down. I don't even know if the Jets have a first quarter first down this entire season. Think about that for a second. Think about how pathetic that is. And if they do, was it gained on a penalty? The the flatness, the unreadiness when they come out, it's got to change and it's got to change quick. So, Bruce, I, I completely agree with you, brother, man. Hit us up again, always, man, on Zoobeard77. Uh, Cousins Cornhole hits me with a Wilson has to be better. Bottom line, going to need patience while he develops. When QB is bad, it's hard not to look flat. I got to agree with you, my man. I mean, listen, the, the, some of it has to do with just coming out and getting it done. So you're right in that terms of being flat. Some of it has to do with preparation, and that has to be put on coaches. But your points on Wilson, I 100% agree with here. And bottom line, the kid has to be better. He can't be he can't be missing guys that bad. He, where at points in the game, I'm watching and I'm going, holy crap, how can you even have this guy on the field right now? Like, he was that bad. He looked like he should have been playing right here at the Glen Oaks Oval. Like, he should have been over there making things happen on a Sunday morning pickup game with the boys. Uh, Zach's just, it's going to get to a boiling point somewhere down the line, but if he continues to have just abysmal games, we're going to really have some questions coming up about him, serious questions. Like, right now, there's a a little simmer, not quite a boil. But we come out of his bye week, and he looks like this same guy who has is just lost on the NFL field. There's gonna be some. There's gonna be some trouble. It's gonna be trouble. That's all I can say there. 
uh, Giuseppe Lentini. Past three years, the Jets left games at halftime. This year, the Jets show up after halftime. Good preparation on the past years and no adjustments at halftime. Now, good adjustments, but bad preparation for game. Giuseppe, you summed it up perfectly there, my friend. Uh, Under Adam Gase, this team was incoherent offensively and for completely different reasons because they would come out and they would score a first drive touchdown or they would score points on the first drive because it was completely scripted and they knew what they were going to do and they executed and they went down the field and they scored. But after they would do that and the other team saw what they did, Adam Gase was unable to adjust to anything that was going on on the field. This coaching staff, on the other hand, and this is what Giuseppe's saying here, they can't make anything happen. And, I mean, they make adjustments and they do good things, but they just, they're not able to make these adjustments quick enough. And I brought this up in the first game of the year. You got to be able to make these adjustments quicker. And it's getting to game five. We're getting into bye week. You got to start growing. We talk about having patience, but patience isn't doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again until in week 17, you know, all of a sudden, maybe you change it a little bit. No, you need to make a change when you mess a thing up. You do something wrong. You need to learn from that and not do it again. That's how I was taught. I don't know how other people live, but when you make mistakes, when you're not prepared, when you continue to come out and you look like crap each and every week on your first drive, then you know what? You need to change something that you're doing. You need to change the preparation of what you're doing because it ain't working. It is not working. Whatever you see, whatever Mike LaFleur you are seeing right now, my friend, it ain't working. It ain't it. Change what you are doing in the preparation and get this offense going. Use the right guys as well. And also, maybe t- sit your quarterback down and let him know, we need you to get the ball out, bud. We need you to be better because that's on you. When you don't have a veteran quarterback there to help him out and talk to him and do all of this stuff and get him in the right mindset, that's your job, Mike. So go a- step up and be that guy. Ugh so disgusted i'm so disgusted by this just yeah it's just terrible this is another terrible day another terrible day to be a jets fan everybody (sighs) here we go keith radio nine no gas no brakes (laughs) and uh zach wilson is the future oddly enough tweeted at me uh the water boy gif we suck again and uh, this is a good one here. Manny S says, as Joe B would say, what a debacle, bro. And Joe B, shout out to you, my man, killing it in the uh, post fan world. And that's always good to see. We love, I love my man, Joe. It was always an honor to work with a legend like him and a Jet fan like him. And I can only imagine what he is thinking right now. Uh, seeing this team and seeing uh, a coach that he was a fan of 
and I think a quarterback that he was interested in. So seeing this go up in smoke so far, uh, I wouldn't think he's too happy. But that's for Joe to say. And, uh, of course, hit me up on the Twitter during games, after games, during the week. I'm going to read the best things that I get out here for all of you. And, you know, it's for discussion. We get to interact a little bit back and forth. So hit me up on there, at Zubeard77. And uh, just another little piece of maintenance here before I give you my three takeaways from the game. Obviously, you know you're listening to us on a platform, whatever that platform may be. It might be Apple, Spotify, Amazon. And, of course, we are available on all of those if either of those or any of those work for you better than the current platform you're using. But... If you wouldn't mind doing me a solid and hitting it up with a nice subscribe and, of course, a five-star rating if you wouldn't mind. I know, I know, we only have finite amount of those to give out, so no pressure, but if you wouldn't mind, I would appreciate anything you can help it out with. And on that note, I'm going to hit the three takeaways for the London game, Jets-Falcons, week five, heading into the bye week. Number one, the time has come to remove these pillows for the DBs. We need a little bit of press coverage, at least on third downs. You can't play third and 13 like you're playing third and 35. There's a difference. You need to start pressing these guys and you need to start turning them into corners. Enough with the brakes, enough with the training wheels. Let's get it going because you're killing this defense. You're forcing them to stay on the field and you're giving up third downs that quite frankly are unacceptable that they're being given up. Number two, there needs to be some new blood in this locker room come Two Sundays from now in New England. If for no other reason, just to change the vibe in there. These, there are guys, uh, it's just underperformance. It's not the right pieces. It's You don't have depth enough to try anything else. You don't have veterans on defense. This secondary desperately needs a veteran. And you missed out on a Great chance to bring in Stephon Gilmore, who would have been the perfect guy to stick in this secondary for two to three years and have him teach everything that he knows, being a defensive player of the year level player, being a Hall of Fame, almost caliber cornerback for the Patriots over the past decade. Having a guy in here to do that, that would have changed this entire team really quickly. And instead, you miss out on that chance, and now you have a young secondary who just got beat up, beat up by Matt Ryan. And they don't look like they're going to be able to do very much of anything to stop a nosebleed if anybody wants to score on them at any point this season. Things need to change, and things need to change quick. And a quick way to get a little bit of a change is to bring in some blood. Get it done, Joe. I'm trusting you, man. Get it done. Bring in some new guys over this bye week and work them in. That's what the bye week is for. Rest and recuperate and reevaluate what you have. Number three, 
if you want to watch a Jet game from now on, you might as well just start in the second half because that thing is awful in the first half, and this team does not even care. They are shameless about how awful they play in the first half, my friends. So with that being said, go and enjoy your Sunday. It's still early, and this will be the same thing next week. You won't have to worry about a Jet game because they won't play, so they won't ruin that day either. And from now on, heed my advice. Skip that first damn half, watch the second half, and you know what? You'll say to yourself, how does this team not win? Instead of, damn, this team sucks. (laughs) Of course, I'm your humble host, Big Zoo-Wop. Big Zoo, hit me up on that Twitter machine at ZooBeard77. Of course, appreciate you all listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon. Thank you for the support. Appreciate you being here and commiserating with me in the sorrows of another jet loss and a brutal one at that. And with that being said, it is time for me to jet. So... I bid you adieu. Peace.